Now that's pretty cool. That one day, those that have put their faith in Christ will be presented before God as holy and unblameable and unreprovable. That's glorious. Welcome to In Grace with Jim Scudder, Jr. He is the senior pastor of Quentin Road Baptist Church in Lake Zurich, Illinois, as well as the author of Why Life Hurts and co-author of Evangelism Made Simple. Hi, this is Jim Scudder, and I hope your Monday is going great. Your week has started wonderful, and today we're going to be answering questions. That's actually the series title. It's a big, long, complicated title. It's this, Answers. (laughs) So, hey, a lot of people have a lot of questions, and if you don't, others do, and they're going to be asking you those questions. So how do we answer, especially these Bible questions? Well, a lot of people think that the Bible is good, but it really can't answer relevant, timely, modern questions. Well, that's actually wrong. The Bible transcends time because God transcends time, and God gave us the Bible. And so what we're going to do is attempt to answer your Bible questions using the Bible. The first question that we're going to answer today is a really good one, and a lot of people are are concerned about this. Is there such a thing as false conversion? And then another person says, "Are, are trials like cancer one of the perfect gifts that God gives as you draw closer to him. These are important questions. These are things that we really need to know. And so we're going to open up scripture today and answer those and more as we continue in this series, Answers. Right before we get into today's message, let me remind you that we want you to come to Alaska with Grace. We're really excited about a seven-day cruise coming up in July, this July, July 9th, that goes from Whittier, Alaska, which is just about an hour and a half from Anchorage, and it cruises all the way to Vancouver, Canada. You're going to be able to see the most beautiful coastline in the world, the coast of Southeast Alaska. And my friend, Bruce Malone, will be along. He's a creation speaker, and I just love him dearly, and you will too. I'll be teaching on the ship as well, and my wife will be there. And we are looking forward to spending time with our InGrace friends. So to get a free brochure, go to our website, ingraceradio.com, and click on travel. We do have questions, don't we? And the questions usually are pretty deep questions, not where's my car, but where am I going when I die, or, or something significant. And we really believe here at Quentin Road, we're really old-fashioned, by the way. I say we're old-fashioned because there's very few churches that really believe that anymore. They might say, you know, we believe the Bible, but they don't believe the Bible. And we believe the Bible still, and we always will. So these are some questions that you've submitted. I asked for Bible questions, and I got some non-Bible questions, and I thought they were pretty good, so I included them. The first one today is, what do you call a boomerang that doesn't come back? A boomerang, by the way, isn't an app that makes you go back and forth, whatever that is. My daughter's like, they won't know what boomerang is. They think it's an app. I said, no, only people your age think it's an app. The rest of us know what a boomerang is, right? So what is a boomerang that doesn't come back? It's a stick. Thank you, by the way, for asking such an easy question. And then somebody asked, why do bees have sticky hair? I'd say it's probably because they use honeycombs. 
And then, and then somebody asked, what's the difference between a cat and a comma? And I really think that one's easy. One has pause before the clause. The other one has a clause before the pause. <laughs> somebody really did ask this question, and I'm not making fun of you, by the way, but it's a good question. Why does February have 28 days? Okay. It's not a Bible question, so I'm going to let Google answer that one for you. It is very complicated, though, how we got our calendar, basically trying to go from a lunar to a solar year, and they added in some months, and then they wanted to appease Caesar Augustus. Really, that's so they gave August extra days. Poor February got gypped. Now, how many of you were born on February 29th? To me, that's the ultimate gyp. Any of you born on February 29th? You only get gifts every four years. But think of the positive, folks. There's always a positive. What's the positive? You are only a quarter the age of everyone else. So that's always good. So you can look up why does February only have 28 days on your own. And since it's not a Bible question, the rest are truly Bible questions. I'm enjoying them because I think these are real, real questions. And people need to know the answers to these things. The first question we will deal with today is this. Is there such a thing as a false conversion? I have known people who at one point have repented and believed the gospel. By repented, I'm assuming that's a biblical reference to changing your mind, okay? You once believed in works. You once believed in, uh, you can save yourself, but you've changed your mind. You believe that Jesus is the only way to heaven. Some have departed from their faith. Some curse God and others deny him. Would God still welcome that person into the kingdom? That's a good question. We probably all know someone that has professed faith in Jesus Christ, but yet they have veered. They have left the faith, or they are even an agnostic or an atheist. And it seems impossible that someone can go that far at one time believing in him and then later in life denying him. So what about that person? And they reference 1 John 2.19, so let's look at that. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us, but they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. And if you'll look at the verse before, which we don't have time to today, you'll see that this is a prediction of end times, that you know there's an antichrist coming. By the way, we're going to deal a lot with the end times today. A lot of questions had to deal with end times. In the end times, the antichrist will come, and there are many antichrists. There are many people that pretend to be believers, but they're really not. How do I know there is such a thing? Because there's a prime example of it in Scripture. His name is Judas Iscariot. Judas Iscariot, I don't know many of you that name your child Judas or Jezebel, probably the least two popular baby names, Judas and Jezebel. Judas betrayed Jesus. Uh, we believe since he was indwelt by Satan that he was not a believer. He was a fake. He went about it for other reasons other than he trusted in Jesus Christ. He looked like a believer. He talked like a believer, but he wasn't one and he denied the Lord. So there are people that claim to have put their faith in Christ, but they really haven't. But here's the thing we have to be careful about. Saying that anyone who has ever denied Jesus was never a really a true believer in the first place. Why is that an error? Why could that be an error? Well, it's very simple. What about Peter? Okay, would anyone say the Apostle Peter really isn't saved? Wouldn't he be a prime example of one who denied Jesus? 
at the point in which Jesus needed him the most, three times, as Jesus had predicted, just hours before, Peter denied Jesus Christ. But you know what Jesus didn't do? Jesus didn't say, okay, Peter, you've blown it, you're out. You were in, but now you're out. Or you never were in, you're unsaved. You know what Jesus did? Because Peter really did put his faith in Jesus. He just had a moment in the flesh. And all of us can. And there are many examples of when people were being persecuted because of their faith, some would get to the point of torture or they would burn them at the stake and they would recant. It happened quite a bit. Does that mean that they were damned? Does that mean that they were lost? I don't think so. If you put your faith in Christ, you have eternal life. Okay? Now, we're going to blow it, and we can really, really blow it, but here's some scriptures that will really help us. If you put your faith in Christ, John 10, 28, I think is the greatest verse that really helps me to know that I'm secure in Christ. It says this, I give unto them eternal life. This is referring to those that believe. If you look at the verses before this, there are people that did not believe and they were not saved. But these people that he gave to eternal life believed. He says, I gave unto them eternal life. Now let me ask you something. If God, who is unchangeable, immutable, if he cannot lie, he does not turn, he does not change, if he gives you something called eternal life, what do you have? You have something that's eternal. So we have to say, look, if someone has put their faith in Jesus Christ as their only way to heaven, they have been born again. They cannot become unborn. And this verse continues to say, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Do you know how secure you are once you get saved, once you put your faith in Christ as your only way to heaven? You, you say, I'm a sinner, I can't save myself. I put my trust in Jesus Christ. You have eternal life. You are in the hand of God. It says no one will be able to pluck you out of that hand, including yourself. No man. So you might have a, a, a time in your life, and usually those that have denied the faith after they have been in the faith, by the way, they are still in the faith, in my opinion. It's usually after a tragedy or they've been hurt really bad or something happens and they just, they can't understand it and they trip over that. And it's usually very understandable when you kind of look at the person's background, why they would go to atheism or denying Christ or whatever it happens to be. But by these verses, I find that these people have eternal life. He's got you. And you don't have to worry about it because he cannot deny himself. And again, a prime example of that is Peter. Peter denied the Lord as blatant and as serious as you can, but the Lord Jesus had compassion on him, restored him, put him back in fellowship and proper place. You can study Peter's life to find all of that, but it's really interesting. When you think of Alaska, perhaps you dream of seeing glaciers, whales, bear, and being surrounded by beauty while sailing the smooth green waters. Now is your opportunity to go to Alaska within grace for a luxury seven-day cruise. Pastor Jim Scudder and his wife Karen invite you on a seven-day In Grace creation cruise this July. In Grace is joined by Bruce Malone, a renowned author and creation speaker who will share the evidence for creation as we view God's beauty all around us. Don't miss this exciting opportunity to enjoy a time of spiritual refreshment and encouragement as you fellowship with other believers. 
Call now, 800-78-GRACE. Register online, ingraceradio.com. Or write to us at Ingrace P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Don't miss this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to witness the magnificent land of Alaska. That's 800-78-GRACE or ingraceradio.com. The next question, in Colossians 1, it tells us that Christ will present us holy and unblameable since we continue in the faith grounded and settled. If one does not continue in the faith, are they presented in a different way? Okay, some would actually use these verses to say that you can veer out of the faith. Okay, and here's the verse. The verses the questioner had are verses 21 through 29. For sake of time, we're going to cover 22 and 23. In the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. Now, that's pretty cool. That one day, those that have put their faith in Christ will be presented before God as holy and unblameable and unreprovable. That's glorious. And that's not based on our life. That's based on our faith in the life of Jesus and in him. We're going to be presented holy. Okay? But then the question arises out of 23. If you continue in the faith, grounded and settled, and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel. So the question is, is there a chance that you can move away from the faith? As we've already answered, I'd say no. There are so many Bible verses that support the fact that you have eternal life the moment you believe, okay? So what does this mean? Well, let me help you by helping you understand a little bit about Colossae and a term that Paul uses here when he says grounded and settled. That's an architectural term. He's using an architectural term in a earthquake-prone city in Colossae. Colossae was a region prone to earthquakes, and if you build something a certain way, that structure will hold up to the movement of the earth. Isn't that neat how they can do that? And some of the countries that don't have the resources that we do, they build these concrete structures, and as soon as the ground moves, these heavy floors just pancake and, and hundreds die. It's terrible. But we can build in such a way, and it's really not super expensive on how to do this and techniques, to where you can shake a building and it will not fall. This is what he's talking about. He says, if you're in the faith, okay, you are grounded and settled. Think about this. Think about this building. If we're an earthquake-prone building, and I tell you, if there's an earthquake, don't worry. The building has been engineered to stand up, and it will not collapse. Don't panic, okay? And then an earthquake happens, and you all panic, okay? First of all, you're not trusting my words, or you're not trusting the engineers. I don't know who you're not trusting. We probably all would panic, right? Believe me, I think I'm going to get out of any building that's shaking, right? Have any of you ever been through an earthquake? You know, we actually have a pretty big fault around here. I have these weird nightmares and stuff, and I'll jump up awake and petrified like the roof's coming down. I mean, it happens all the time. My poor wife, I don't know how she lives with me. And my heart rate has to be up at almost 200, you know, when I wake up in this thing. But one morning, I woke up like, wow, what was that? It was a loud noise, and it seemed like the house shook. But I have these, probably every few months I have a dream like this. So Karen's like, go to bed. Don't worry about it. It's no big deal. You're dreaming. Then on the news that morning, I hear we had an earthquake. I'm like, see? See? And I'm usually trying to save her, but really scaring her in the process. But earthquakes, we probably should try to run. But you are, if you are in the faith, you have put your faith in Christ. You are in him. You are in an earthquake-proof building. You are you're grounded and settled into bedrock 
Jesus. And nothing's going to shake you out of that. Let's put it that way. Okay? So I believe this is what he is saying here. If you're saved, you're built on a solid foundation of Jesus Christ. Nothing will move you. Okay? So again, I believe that's an easy way to understand that section of Colossians. Another one. Our trials, and the trial that they were referring to was cancer, are trials one of the perfect gifts of God that draws you closer to him? They reference James 1.17, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, which of whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. So is cancer a gift? About a third of you, or maybe up to half of you, will hear the diagnosis cancer at one time in your life. That's the facts. Cancer, or whatever it is, can God use such a trial? Well, James 1 tells us the answer is yes. Okay, cancer is not good. But God can use anything for good for his glory. In verse 2 of James 1, it says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers, that word is various, temptations or trials. Okay? So count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Knowing this, verse 3, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. God can use everything, including such a horrible thing as cancer, for his glory. Some of you are in the room today getting treatment for cancer. I hate cancer. But it is a consequence of our human condition that, yes, all of us will die. But that's why we need a Savior. And that's why when we have put our faith in him, he sticks closer than a brother. When you're in the middle of such a horrible trial like cancer, you've got a friend right there next to you, helping you, encouraging you. And you can use that trial to help other people. And you can use that trial to share God's love with other people. So I hate cancer, but I believe cancer actually can be a gift that God can give us that we can help reach other people from. Another question, if there is no time in heaven, why does the Bible say the tree of life will bear a different fruit every month? That's a really good question. We're getting into the prophecy section. First of all, do we know for sure there is no time in heaven? We know for sure there's no sun needed in heaven, nor moon needed in heaven. Revelation 21, 23. Remember last time we talked about the fact that this new Jerusalem coming down from heaven with the, the clearest crystal walls and streets, the glory of God would shine, and that would be the source of the light, and it would shine through this whole building. Well, just because we don't have a sun or a moon needed doesn't mean that there isn't one. So we really don't know for sure, but the verse that's referenced in Revelation 22 2, talks about this tree of life that bears 12 fruits one for each month. So it would seem that we still have some sort of reckoning of time. Another place in Revelation, it talks about silence in heaven for a half hour. So we don't know that there is no time in heaven. We know that there's no need for a sun or a moon in heaven. But my guess is we still will have those as God will recreate the heavens and the earth. I know one thing for sure about heaven. God is good Heaven is going to be great. I know that for sure. So that's how I can answer that one best. The next one, will all children be taken in the rapture? 
We talked last time about children. Will children go to heaven if they die before they have a chance to receive Christ or a handicapped person that's mentally handicapped and they don't have the faculty to understand and believe the gospel? We say that because of King David's son that died and he said, I'm going to see him again, we believe that God will take those people to heaven. So babies that die, uh, now we go to heaven. So it would also seem to at least makes sense to me that children under the age of accountability would be raptured during the rapture. I don't have any scriptural proof for that. Just my conjecture. I'm pretty sure that's what would happen. Hopefully that answers that question. Question, if the earth is destroyed by fire, and we read about that last time, the earth will be destroyed by fire. How will Israel have the land of Canaan for an everlasting possession? In Genesis 17, Abraham is told by God that he will have the land forever in his descendants, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob's descendants. And if the earth is destroyed by fire, how could they have that land forever? That's why I believe that God will still use the same elements and the same molecules, and he'll take something that he's purged by fire and rebuild it using those same elements and molecules, and therefore it will still be the same land that Israel will have a possession for all eternity. Another question, I don't see Bema seat in the Bible. Okay, that's a really good question. The reason you might not find it in your Bible is because it's the English word judgment seat. The Greek word for judgment seat in 2 Corinthians 5.10 is bima. Okay, what is a bima seat? A bima seat is where a judge would sit in ancient Greece, usually to award an athlete or someone for something that they did. Think the original Olympic Games of Greece. That would be the place where the judge would sit and award the athletes their awards, okay? So we must all appear before the beam seat of Christ. I believe that to happen in the middle of or sometime during the tribulation. That's what we'll be doing in heaven is a one-on-one you and Jesus judgment. Now, it's not to determine heaven or hell. This is a different judgment. This is not the white throne judgment, okay? White throne judgment doesn't determine heaven or hell either, This judgment determines, I believe, the degrees of hell. I think hell is hell, but some people will have a a deeper part of hell than others. Uh, This judgment seat is not to determine heaven or hell. That's determined by your faith in Jesus, but it will be determining your rewards or lack thereof in heaven. We will rule and reign with Christ. You will get different positions of authority based on how you've lived this life. We all must appear before the judgment seat of Christ. That's why it's important that we live for him today. And we're going to be answering more of your Bible questions tomorrow right here on In Grace, same place, same time. Uh, One of the questions that I'll be answering tomorrow, how did the rest of the world know about the flood and that they needed to get on the ark? Isn't that a great question? So, uh, you know, that's one thing I love about this series is the, you know, everyone has a different way of thinking and a different question always pops into uh, different people's minds. So that's that's why I enjoy this series, Answers, and I hope you're enjoying it as well. And using scripture to answer questions is really the only approach we should ever take. Uh, right before we go, I've been telling you about this cruise to Alaska. It's called an Ingrace Creation Cruise. And we have friends from all over the United States and some other countries that are planning to go to Alaska with us. I'll be ministering each evening. We have a special room for our Ingrace friends. And we also have 
have a creation speaker coming along. So as you see a whale or a glacier or a bear, in the evening, he's going to, his name's Bruce Malone. He's going to be explaining that. He's a scientist and he can explain uh, really neat aspects of that creature or of that glacier or whatever it is that we just saw. So this is one of those trips of a lifetime. My wife, Karen, and I are hosting. We would love to meet you and have you uh, join us on the cruise to Alaska. To get the information, you can go right now on our website, ingraceradio.com, click on travel, click on the Alaska cruise, and you'll have all the information right there. Or you can call for your free brochure, 1-800-78-GRACE. In Grace is excited to announce a seven-day creation cruise to the magnificent land of Alaska this July. Jim Scudder Jr. and his wife Karen are joined by Bruce Malone, a renowned author and creation speaker who will share the evidence for creation as you see God's beauty all around you. Don't miss this time of spiritual refreshment. Call now, 800-78-GRACE. Register online, ingraceradio.com or write to us at Ingrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois. 60047. Thank you for joining us on In Grace Radio with Jim Scudder Jr. In Grace is a member of the Evangelical Council for Financial Accountability. Our goal is to share the light of Jesus to a darkening world, helping you find hope, gain purpose, and be a light. You can be that light today by joining our mission to spread the gospel around the world. Just call us, 800-78-GRACE, or go online, ingraceradio.com. You can also write to us at InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Tune in tomorrow as we continue to explore God's Word and His world on InGrace Radio. Radio.